Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for more than 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking again about what in these days seems to preoccupy a lot of our thoughts and ways of living, the coronavirus pandemic and the Western bias and prejudices in the ways it's being reported in the media and talked about by public personalities. Mm. Firstly, with the life-changing and lethal impact of the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic, there's a lot of interest in past epidemics and pandemics. All the while, our governments try to make us believe that the present one is unprecedented. Well, it's not. The Spanish flu pandemic is the one that seems to get a memory refresher. That pandemic started in 1918, lasting for three years and, incredibly, infecting 500 million people, killing more than 50 million worldwide. Mm. Still, in the 20th century, smallpox killed 300 million people before an effective vaccine was developed and widely Mm. used. And some of us still remember the shots we got and carry the scars on our upper arms. And then there are the more recent outbreaks of SARS, SARS, MERS in the Middle East, Ebola, but they seemingly had the good sense of staying in the places they sort of started in, more or less. The other more recent one, actually, one that is still with us and not talked about a lot, is HIV-AIDS. But that one Mm. would probably require two Think Again programs to really understand and elaborate. Mm. Yeah, but what I'm not hearing a lot about in this casting back to epidemics in the past is the tragic historical experiences of the Aboriginal people in our own country with the introduction of epidemic diseases by Europeans. How can we be so one-eyed, white-centric and blinded by Western perceptions to not even reflect on these tragedies at this time, which are not really that long ago when you think of it? So I'm guessing that some of our Aboriginal brothers and sisters would not be that surprised, I guess. So let's crank up our memories a bit and start with smallpox. According to the National Museum of Australia website, and I'm quoting, smallpox spread across the country with the advance of European settlement, bringing with it shocking death rates. The disease affected entire generations of local Aboriginal populations. Survivors were in many cases left without family or community leaders. The spread of smallpox was followed by influenza measles, tuberculosis, and sexually Mm. transmitted diseases, all of which Australia's Aboriginal peoples had no resistance to, and all of which brought widespread death. Mm. So, yeah, we're given a first-hand account of the real devastation witnessed in 1789 by what they call a judge advocate, 
And this is on the National Museum's website. So I'll just read this short account. At that time, a native was living with us, and on taking him down to the harbour to look for his former companions, those who witnessed his expression and agony can forget, can forget neither. He looked anxiously around him in the different coves we visited. Not a vestige on the sand was to be found of human foot. Not a living person was anywhere to be met with. It seemed as if, flying from the contagion, they had left the dead to bury the dead. He lifted up his hands and eyes in silent agony for some time. At last he exclaimed, All dead, all dead, and then hung his head in mournful silence. So let's just pause a moment and think about that. Yeah, we do now hear really sad and harrowing stories about present-day families not being able to be at the funeral of their often-aged family members who have succumbed to the virus and are unable to hug one another or to even be at the, at the funeral uh, for comfort and for mutual support. So how would we feel if we would walk around our neighborhood and everyone had died or fled including neighbors, extended family, and community members, a whole social network and way of life seemingly vanished. It is still hard to imagine, but we could at least probably try a bit to understand it. Mm. So the smallpox spread from New South Wales and ravaged Aboriginal communities in Victoria through Aboriginal contact even before they had encountered European invaders eliminating up to a third of the population. Smallpox epidemics in 1789 and 1829, they spread across most of Victoria, except Gippsland. So as told on um, a website called the Aboriginal History of Yarra, one of the biggest impacts on the Aboriginal population in the city of Yarra area was the introduction of diseases previously unknown to the Wurundjeri. It has been estimated that disease, not just smallpox, accounted for up to 60% of the Aboriginal deaths across the Port Phillip area. On that note, we'll turn to Stand By Me by Jimmy Little. When the storms of life are raging Stand by me When the storms of life are raging Stand by me When the world is tossing me like a ship out on the sea We will brave the wind and water Stand by me When I'm growing and feeble Stand by me 
When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. When I do the best I can, and all my friends misunderstand, we will brave the years together. Stand by me. Stand by me. We will brave the years together. talking about ecological thinning and subsidised longing but we basically mean the same things don't we here? Wherever there are chemical corporations around the world they're constantly trying to chip away at regulations. Earth Matters bringing you environmental and social justice stories from developments in government and industry to the campaigns and communities that are standing up to them. Earth Matters plays at 11am Sunday and 6.30am Wednesday. Turn your dial to 855am or listen online at 3cr.org.au. While the headlines have subsided, the nuclear power plant is still not under control, with the spent fuel rods removed from only one out of four reactors. Law needs to change so that uh, our rights can be recognised, so that decisions in relation to the use and exploitation of our lands is out. listening to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the coronavirus and the white or western-centric bias in reporting about it. In fact, the historical devastation of local Aboriginal communities by diseases introduced by Europeans has been pretty much made invisible in any public commentary. Of course, that reflects the general colonizers and invaders' contribution to every place they landed on and claimed for themselves and their kings and queens. And again, another quote from the 16th century onwards, viral infections like measles and smallpox introduced by European colonization of of the Americas killed over 90% of the indigenous population. That's from David Isaac's book. Defeating the Ministers of Death. And uh, a series produced by Public Radio in the US, Guns, Germs and Steel, they suggest that within just a few generations, the continents of the Americas were virtually emptied of their native inhabitants. Some academics estimate that approximately 20 million people Mm -hmm. may have died in the years following the European invasion up to 95% of the population of the Americas. And, and that's just mm. incredible. It's, it's yep. really hard to imagine. 20 million mm-hmm. people and 95% of the population mm. of the Americas mm-hmm. devastated through this introduced disease. Yeah, so in his history of vaccination, David Isaacs highlights another point that, uh, Jacques, I know you and I both want to make. Mm. While the West 
is justifiably shocked by deaths resulting from a highly contagious disease, it's not a new thing to large chunks of the world populations that are not as well off as we, Westerners. The World Health Organization estimates that one and a half million children under five still die each year due to vaccine-preventable diseases. Almost all of these are in so-called developing countries or the countries of the South, or even more significant, kids of the global silent majority, the silent majority. Mm. According to ISACS, there are two main barriers to immunizing children in poor countries. The first is the inability to make better use of existing vaccines, which are not being given because of lack of money or health infrastructure. The second reason is the lack of availability of vaccines against infections like malaria or dengue fever, which occur almost exclusively in so-called developing countries. This lack of availability is due at least partly to the fact that vaccine companies hesitate to develop vaccines that will not generate profits for them. I guess yeah. that's what happens when we rely on the free market to take care of everything and everyone, and particularly yeah. of the health of everyone. Yeah, mm. so our Western-centric bias in reporting on the coronavirus not only shuts out memory or awareness of the devastating effects of introduced diseases on First Nation people, we also seem to be oblivious to the millions of people dying of diseases in other countries every year, supposedly mm -hmm. countries where people don't exactly look quite like us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the Aged Action Group has gone digital to help stop the spread of the coronavirus, but we're still here. If you're over 50 years old and having problems with your housing, we can help. If you're having trouble paying the rent, problems with your retirement village manager, or concerned about your caravan park, give us a call on 1300 765 178. We can also help connect you with aged care services and emergency relief if you need it. Stay safe, everyone. AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the Western-centric bias in reporting on the coronavirus. Mm, but there may be another side to this story, of course, one which is even a lot more insidious and sinister. Listeners may have noticed quite incessant anti-Chinese commentary across the media, including in The Age and The New Daily, and of course across the news corporations' inflammatory excretions. Sticking with The Age, now owned by Channel 9, has therewith also inherited Chris Ullman as a regular political commentator and seemingly coordinating the assault on China in the opinion pages. Almost mm. every week there's something by him warning us about Chinese uh, authoritarianism and the Communist Party. It looks as if the newspaper has made a point that whenever possible something negative about China should be detailed. When possible, splashing an often accusatory title on the front page within a little bit of the article below it, and that article then continues in full on the inside of the paper. Uh, in one article, uh, which was in The Age on Saturday, uh, was titled,
titled Power Plays Masked in Crisis by George Megalogenes. He says that the Morrison government has the added problem of international relations with all of this, especially those between the U.S. and China, and that China's culpability as the main cause of the epidemic is established. But so, too, is American incompetence. Mm. And so I'll leave yeah. you to decide what is, mm -hmm. what, what, who gets away with incompetence and who gets away with culpability. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree we seem to be treading more softly in media and public commentary in criticising the US. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually heard someone on the ABC say that a presenter say that Trump's mishandling of the coronavirus is a gift to China. And it wasn't even in the context of talking about China. And mm. I thought, mm. why would he even say that? Why not say that the mishandling of the virus by the Trump administration will have a devastating effect on people in America and that many, that many people will die? So it's a main concern, really, to win a propaganda war with China. Uh, but, Jacques, what about stories that China, Chinese business people stripped our supplies in Australia of personal protective equipment and sanitizer and similar and sent it all to China? Wouldn't you, Jacques, wouldn't you criticise that if that happened in reverse? Well, I think I would criticise it when it happens in both directions or in either direction. The fact is that we are living in capitalism, and capitalism is just about maximizing its profits. And that that's mm. what they do. They use the market to, uh, when there is scarcity, to actually hold back and then supply at much higher prices. And when there is mm -hmm. a flood, then they have the prices go down. So mm. you could, of course, say that they should be more ethical, but I don't, uh, listening to the way Trump, for example, is handling the states with the provision of, uh, uh, of, of protective gear and all of that. And I also mm. got another little thing that he has actually invested in the malaria mm -hmm. um, um, uh, medicine, which he is promoting uh, falsely, really, as a, uh, as a, as a, as a, as a cure. So, again, another thing. On the first page in the business section of the Saturday Age, we do have a title, Ansel Slams Masks Price Hikes in China, accusing some Chinese companies who are claiming to do so much good for mankind, the article says, to inflate prices. The article continues inside of the, say, of the business section. It drops the in China from the title and then lets the reader know that glove production and other productions have actually gone down because of restrictions in Malaysia that has mm. significantly affected the level of production. So you wonder, what, what, isn't that what capitalist markets always mm. do, reacting to yeah. scarcity and and make money out of that, basically? Make money out of that, yes. Well, I suppose it's obviously convenient to blame other governments when capitalism mm. and the free market just doesn't work. Mm, exactly. And then, um, mm. and then I suppose, what about the... Also, what about the exploitive practices on mm. our own side in the time of the coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah, well, we've heard about a charter airline who got people out of, stranded, Australians charter out of... Charter Airline uh, Companies. Mm. Sorry? Uh, charter Airline, is that the name of the company? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, 
picking up people in uh, Peru stranded there, and they asked asked by our gov asked by our government to actually evacuate them from Peru, and they were t charging five thousand dollars for a one way flight. You know, who can pay that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. we, you know, one of our members at Borderlands is actually basically holed up there. And mm -hmm. we have read about surgeons in Melbourne's private hospitals rushing through elective, elective surgeries in spite of the government prohibiting it just a week before they have to shut down. And yeah. that was and I suppose correctly on a, on a referred to as greed. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, um, on a micro level, there's all the hoarding of toilet rolls we've been making so much fun of. And, um, and there's also been a massive um, explosion, dare I say, of gun buying in the United States. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yeah, and to Cameron, again, also in a Saturday age, he quotes Steinbeck, the grapes of wrath, and mm. Steinbeck says in, in one of the dialogues, but sorry, it's not us, it's the monster. The bank isn't like a man. It's something more than men. I tell you, it's the monster. Men make it, but they can't control it. Sorry. I suppose he's describing banks, but he could be describing capitalism mm -hmm. as a whole, couldn't he? Um, totally. Yeah. With the banks as a microcosm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yep. and, and then, of course, there are, there are accusations that Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft are all profiteering profiteering from the mm -hmm. fake news avalanche on the social media they control in relation to the coronavirus. Mm. So they're so profiting should, from misinformation. Exactly. Mm. So shouldn't we look at this new China syndrome as an expression of the titanic struggle between two capitalisms fighting for advantage? Something which is part and parcel of the spirit of capitalism itself, isn't it? Mm. Finally, there are the combined oil corporations in North America who are using the veil of the coronavirus to push through the infamous XL Keystone pipeline from the Canadian tar fields to the Gulf of Mexico, threatening many, many lands, the uh, reservations, as they used to be called, of the First Nations people, as well as their lives mm -hmm. yet again. We would have hoped mm -hmm. to end this program, really, on a more positive note, but there you are. With all due respect to the virus and the millions of people affected by it, the systemic collusion of global capitalism mm. goes on unabated, mm. it seems. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, we'll come back to social action in programs to come. But, of course, we always think it's important to keep our eyes and our ears open and our critical faculties alive, which is what our program's about, of course, and when things don't seem right, they usually aren't. And it's good to know we're not alone and share our ideas and support each other to make the world a good and healthy place for all living things. Mm. So what's happening at Borderlands uh, in our new place in Footscray? Not a lot, really, because uh, we have closed it down. Students are working from home. I am working from home most of the time. Uh, one of the, what we are still doing, though, is that we have all our meetings, but we do it remote. We still are producing our newsletter. We are still producing the new community, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks. And uh, so we try to keep it still also looking for projects. And uh, we have just recently been offered a project on uh, on problem gambling. So 
all of that mm-hmm. sits there, and we very much hope that we soon can be working at all of these things as we normally would do. Mm-hmm. And watch the space. And mm. I suppose I just want to say something um, about the plight of refugees and asylum seekers and people on temporary visas um, stuck here with the coronavirus. While we genuinely re- uh, welcome the federal government's boost to Centrelink payments and support for casual workers and the precariously employed, we also mm. know there are tens of thousands of refugees, asylum seekers and people on temporary visas in Australia who have been left with nothing at all to live on and no way of making a living. So we're asking people to call Senator Anne Rustin to use her powers as Social Services Minister to ensure that these people are no longer excluded from crucial Mm -hmm. payments just to keep them alive and survive. So you can ring Senator Rustin on 08 8586 6600. That's 08 8586 And of course, in addition to calling her, if you can give these people a bit of support, if you can do that without too much trouble on your side. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet and Jennifer Borel. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line or go to the podcasts on the website, on the 3CR website, or via your Mm -hmm. own podcast app. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and friends. To bring us into this program, we have In Your Arms by the Pigram Brothers.
Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.